Sup. You? Uh, what are we doing? I don't know. I'm mm. on a lot of cold medicine. Cold medicine? Yeah. Do you have COVID? No, my test was negative. Yeah. It's just a regular right. ass cold. Mm. Little kids. We still get those? Me. I haven't had one in like two years. Uh, mm. Yeah. Well, we're not talking about colds today. Oh, okay. We're talking about Far Side's album, The Monroe Doctrine, that came out in 1999. It's their third album that came out in Revelation Records. <laughs> and so, when was the first time you heard this record? Um, I think that the first time I ever heard Far Side that I remember was on a mix CD that Rachel made. Um... Like, very soon after we started hanging out. So this would have been, like, 2005, maybe? Mm. It's possible that I'd heard Farside before this, but not this album. Yeah, there's something about Farside. Even when doing the notes for this, I feel like... I always thought that they were, like, an older band. I did, too. And this record is 1999, which I know, if anyone is younger than us... Um, it, it's just like, I thought it was like an early nineties band. I mean, they kind of were. Yeah, kind of. But I mean, they, what they formed in like 1991, I think. 1990. Oh yeah. So I guess they do kind of have that thing where they kind of a bridge between like, did I just have a correct fact that you didn't you did. have? <laughs> <laughs> you did. Um, Yay. yeah, I, well, there's like certain little points with it that kind of makes me feel like they're. Older, like early on in the band, like Zach De La Rocha from uh, Rage Against the Machine played bass, and, or sorry, guitar in the band. Wow. Yeah, I got my facts wrong. Wow, Josh, and, that's strike two. <laughs> so I feel like with knowing that, it makes me think that like everything this band did was like a lot earlier, but this album came out in 1999 january 1st 1999 is what it's listed at it's an interesting choice yeah i don't know what that really means or i don't know if that's almost just like what it's been documented as or like what would that have meant in 1999 like who was releasing records on the first day of the year (laughs) who who among us who among us uh like to a point where i i'm not really sure how much i like believe that but i guess (laughs) whatever that's what that's what i was told january 1st 1999 and i think like even if you look on uh i mean that is a nice like we're back bitches yeah um so new year new me so okay so you your friend rachel you say it on the pod all the time like everyone listening to this like knows who rachel is but um she is a common character on this series she's a recurring character yeah um so i guess then aside then if if you're listening to this hopefully you are uh this is a public (laughs) version what a weird thing to say (laughs) this is a public version of the patreon podcast that we do so this is to tell you Please subscribe to the Patreon. This is to lure you this in. This is to lure you. Are we doing you. a good job? Do you like <laughs> the us? Pressure are is we on. funny? Uh, well, we'll see. I think when you say, are we funny, you you lose all credibility with anything funny. Oh, no, because you can be like cringe funny. Mm, well, That's, I think, the area we try to <laughs> occupy. <laughs> I think we'll be good there then. Um, so, so yes, subscribe to our Patreon. But back into the episode. You can subscribe to the Patreon for as little as $1 a month. 
and you get episodes like this every single week. And that's it. That's all you get. <laughs> that's all you, you don't get. get anything else. Yeah, you get these once a week episodes, but that that's that's it. That little bit. Who does what Patreon does an episode a week? Probably a lot is the answer. But uh, I feel like that's a good get for your tiny bit of money every month. For like a dollar a month. I feel like this pitch is going on too long. It's gone too long. Um, so, okay. So looking at the first things I kind of started realizing when getting into this record. Wait, uh, stop. Go back. Go back. Go back. When is the first time that you heard this record? I was trying to think about that and I'm not really sure if I've ever just sat down and went I'm going to listen to Far Side. What? Yeah, well you've listened to it from the thing that you set up. Like I've heard you listen to Far Side. I've never Yeah, of course you have. really ever gone I'm going to listen to Far Side now. That's just weird to me. It is weird because I mean I did have I do have like time frames or i had a period where i felt like i was going through like everything revelation records related yeah so i don't what's your beef with farside josh i don't know like i don't know i want to kind of like pump the brakes and get into it a little bit okay. right. ease right. it All because right. i don't want to just like you don't want to talk shit right off the bat well, i don't want to talk shit because i think that there are there are a lot of things I like about this oh, album. Shush, shush, shush. Let's just get into it. Let's just go. Okay. Let's just dive um, right in. So the thing that kind of, like I kind of already mentioned that surprised me at first was how late this came out. Because there's aspects of this record that really make me think of like, at the latest, a mid-90s record which is only four years i mean that tracks though because they were an early 90s band they did kind of like disappear for a while and then this was kind of like the record that they came back with which i believe was their last record yeah i believe so yeah um and so it like tracks that it would still have that like mid 90s energy yeah and i know there's probably some things that we're not getting into with like the history of them like i'm not exactly sure like what the main guy in this band popeye is what he's his name is like what he did before this band it might be like josh it is literally your job to have that information (laughs) well i try to focus on the band that we're actually talking about i know that i usually do throw in little factoids about people's previous projects but i think my memory serves me right that this was kind of like Popeye's project. And I think this is kind of like where you would have known him from. Like, I don't think he was like in, cause like Zach has like previous hardcore bands. Like a lot of these people, even the people that, um, kind of played in this band and like filled in on this record or after there's, there's like a members of list. That's kind of long, but kind of going back to the question, like when did I listen to this or why didn't I listen to this? I really can't tell you because it's not doing anything different than a lot of bands are, but I think, I don't know. It's really, there's honestly, there's a lot of bands like this that I listened to that you didn't. That's like very weird that you didn't listen to them. Mm -hmm. Um, I think this band was just like a little too weird for you. They're pretty weird. And I like I see that in other bands like New and Original and stuff like that. Like I feel like you didn't really listen to them either. They took a long time to click for me. And they're bands that like took a lot of like risks and like did mm-hmm. stuff that was kind of um, uncouth, not uncouth, but like 
not cool. I, I don't know. Like, that was very in my orbit and very not in your orbit. Yeah. Can we chalk it up to that? Yeah, easily. I mean, I think, like, some of the things, like, the 80s bands that this feels like it's akin to, like, even the kind of mid-era Dag Nasty stuff takes a lot of risk, but this is, like, a full more than 10 years later, so it almost seems like, like, I kind of give things like Dag Nasty a pass as a word I can use because I feel like they were kind of first doing the melodic hardcore thing and then you would almost think that like bands would have kind of learned from those quote unquote mistakes and not put well joke songs on their <laughs> record like thinking about this being a night a record from 1999 and having that that bobo song on there <laughs> ballad of el bobo the cranky feels so much earlier of a thing that I'm I feel like I'm used to when I'm listening to the records from the 80s like even late 80s uh you know and then even like whenever like all does it but it's like oh i understand that they're of a tradition where this was more of a thing yeah i mean totally and i get that you really just hate fun i really don't like fun yeah so but you know kind of going like, quit being silly and go back to being sad popeye <laughs> he is a strange word but okay so i know i kind of just like shit on it so i'm gonna sound like i'm completely going the other way a lot of times i do appreciate these type of records because i feel like they really do push the genre forward in ways and that the risks that bands take like bands like farside take allow people to kind of like figure it out and kind of do it in a less weird way but it's like if farside or even like early on like dag nasty or sometimes like ignite well a lot of these bands kind of have these things where you're like eh, i don't know about that so i don't always go like oh this is the band i want to listen to but almost the next generation after them you kind of think they perfected it this is such like a weird like you think of genre to be so like binary for lack of a better term but it's like it's not it's a spectrum it's like these weird spaces exist between genres and like bands exist that fill them like, always have, always will. Yeah. Um, th- there's just so much going on in this record. Like, <laughs> like it's like, okay, so it's like some it, of the... It is a little all over the place. So some of the influences that they kind of say, or they've covered, like, they've covered Embrace, they've covered The Misfits, they've covered, like, Sex Pistols. And even on, like, this record, I feel like there's so much, so much like, genre hopping, which... Is weird for me to kind of critique because I feel like I've been into the idea of genre hopping and like the music I play a lot. So I'm more critical of it. There, there's so much like parts where I like this a lot and then kind of dislike it at the same time. I don't view it so much as genre hopping as like this truly reads like a final LP to me. Like they're like maybe this isn't the most like cohesive grouping of songs, but this is like this is our like final works like this is what we have yeah and it's it's coming out yeah i i mean i know we've all kind of been in that position but i would i would say i mean it's we haven't been in that position well i don't know if we've been in that position but i think bands a lot of times a lot of times people are in this position and they want to put everything out because they're not sure 
But I'm like, as kind of like we're looking at this record 22 years after the fact, 23, 23 years after the yeah. fact, that I would have, it doesn't matter. None of this I'm about to say is really going to matter. But like, I would have used, I would have taken like seven songs off of this record. So, like, what would you have them do in this scenario? Would you be like, those seven songs just shouldn't have come out? Well, knowing that they're, they were, if they, if they had the idea of them wrapping it up, then, sure, what you're saying. But if they had any thought that they could, like, like, let's say you're having a conversation with someone at Revelation, because at some point they had to, like, give this record to Revelation, and Revelation was like, okay, cool. But if I was at Revelation, I would have said, these songs are cool because the ones I'm cutting aren't bad songs. And like, I get that Bobo is a, is a joke song. <laughs> sure. Whatever. Uh, that I would have been like, this is a cool record. These other seven songs would make really cool, like splits or EPs because they all kind of have a different vibe. Then I feel like the ones I, I, so what I ended up doing with this is I took seven songs off this record and I made a playlist of uh, basically what I thought the record should be. And I don't really do things like that. I Yeah, that was a weird move. You did that and sent it to me. It felt so much like they were jarring me so much that I was like, I think <laughs> that this record this way. So essentially what I did was I took all the kind of more melodic things. And even I left some of the kind of harder songs, you could say. And I made, I, it kind of made it more, it made it a 10 song record. <laughs> and it also made, cause it's like 17 tracks and it made of it, made it more of a melodic record because I think there's something that bands are more comfortable with doing now that bands weren't as comfortable with doing then that, that Farside is a band that is truly torn between being a hardcore band and being a melodic band. See, we've talked about this, and you have said things like, why aren't there bands that occupy that space, like Farside does? And I just don't agree that those bands don't exist. I mean, I, I think it's... They still always kind of thought themselves to be a hardcore band, and it's like, Farside's just not. They come from hardcore, but they're not a hardcore band. Yeah, but, like, what makes you... Like, what... Like, there's, this is the difference between it's like, oh, like, um, uh, whatever. I don't have any words. It doesn't matter. I think that you can, like, be something because you're rooted in it. Yes, I agree. And not because you, like, fit a, like, very specific sound. Because I think that there, I don't know where that one was going. That one's gone. Go ahead. (laughs) But I think where you're going is right. And I think that's also why they didn't need those seven songs. Because people... What, the, I just... Like, what did you want them to do? Put out a tighter, shorter record. But, like, what about those songs? They could have been on comps. They could have been, you know, on splits. They could have been, like, an EP. They would have come... Especially like, around this time Like, you say frame. that now. You say that now. But, like, you're going to record a record this summer. And I know that y'all have, like a bunch of songs like this has happened to you before in your band when you've recorded songs and the label is like oh they don't really like fit and you were like kind of butthurt about it and wanted them to come out anyways even though they like weren't cohesive like didn't fit in etc whatever 
But, like, it's easy to say that to somebody else, but when you, like, have your music and you're like, I want it all to come out, then I think it's, like, fine. I mean, and totally, yes, that's fine. There are people out there, there are most people out there that love this record that appreciate it every single second of what it is. I'm that person. Great. Like, is the Bobo song just, like, absolutely deranged? Yes. But do I want to, like, sneak it into, like, every mix that I make? Of course. Well, this is also a thing where I think that there has, and this is more of a, this more of a recent thing than this is a problem then is that a lot of bands have moved away from doing EPs and it kind of bums me out because I think that there are a lot of really strong songs that exist that people just don't really know because they don't exist in a full length like for example like like there's a lot of really great promise ring songs that just aren't on full lengths so similarly I listen to those there I mean it's easier I don't to think, do now. I think that like that's, I don't think you're right. I think you're wrong, in fact. I think that largely, um, like, EPs used to get a lot more listens than they do now. Then what, that even kind of proves my point a little bit more. Couldn't These could have been strong EPs. Like, you have a far side 7-inch EP that I feel like is, that's more of a document that I see people share far side on than, like, this record. I don't hear anyone talk about far side now. Josh. Outside of you. I'm, like, aghast at that. I just, like, I can't believe that that's true. Because you're thinking about yourself. You're being selfish. <laughs> like Me and my friends talk who, about Farside. Who do you talk about Farside with that isn't Rachel? I don't know. I don't know. And I know it's not like, you know, and maybe... Who do I talk about anything with? <laughs> yeah, we never speak. <laughs> um, I So maybe this is my blind spot. You know, but and maybe this is like an East Coast thing because I do kind of feel like there is a sense of like Farside is like an Orange County band that almost has like a it's almost like they're from a different country. You know, it's like it's like I don't hear people here talk about Farside or use them as a reference. Josh, people here, people here have like a different like I feel like this is like something I talk about with like people from the Northeast. Like I don't feel like people in the South have ever heard of Farside. Could be a fair point. And, you know, I know that there are people, yes. That, but it's like in big swaths that name check them, you're right. Or at least from my experience, too. Like, I post... I always think it's funny with, like, the stuff that I post on my Instagram stories because a lot of, like, the stuff I'm listening to this and I'm listening to it and I remember how much I like it, I'll just, like, post it to my Instagram story. And, like, the stuff that I get, like, tons of responses from people about... And the stuff that I get, like, no responses. Like, this, I got no responses from anybody about well, it. And so, and that's, like, that's weird to me because it's, like, so, like, influential and, like, important to me. Well, that, but that, I feel like it kind of goes back to my point. I feel like if this record was shorter, it is 50 minutes long. Then we would ever, like there would be people talking about this like it were a Dag Nasty record, and even that's on a lower level than like the. I don't. It's like, it's like I think that is a barrier to entry on it, where I think that it would be a classic record, had it been shorter. I think that it is a classic record, just not here, and you are just a little southern boy who doesn't <laughs> understand. Because I, I feel like it's like I'm not doing this out of like a sense of 
Like, I want more people to like Farsight. I don't dislike it. Like, I, I feel like the songs I didn't like out of the seven, I still liked. I just didn't like them kind of all together. Like, okay. I feel like, okay, the guys in, like, Easy Creatures, right, are mm-hmm. all, like, the right age, the right location. I feel like if you asked any one of them about Farside, they'd be like, fuck yeah, Farside. Yes, but that, that's also potentially an age thing. Is it, is it a geographic thing or it's an age both. thing? It's both. I mean, we are talking about a band that ended. Yeah, you literally only talk to, like, 20-year-olds from the South. I, and I, I only talk to like 40 year olds from the Northeast. I don't think that that's true at all. So they <laughs> broke up in the year 2000. So a year after this record came out. Um, and so toward the end of the band, really, I guess around the time this record came out, obviously, um, there really was that kind of like fracturing in the band and like people left like uh, Brian Chu. He left to become a teacher and then Sean Rosenthal from the band Adamantium joined on bass. And uh, Brian Belchak, who also played in Ignite, he did the shows surrounding uh, Monroe Doctrine. But So I guess I'm saying all that just I to... think like saying a fracturing sounds a little dramatic. Well, there was like a... And I, you know, getting some of this off of Wikipedia... Uh, it said, during the 90s, tensions rose within Farside because of indecision to pursue the band as a full-time career and disputes over signing to a major label. Mm. So I guess they got probably approached and decided to either stick with Revolution or whatnot. And they also, it says, Farside's sound was a mixture of late 90s post-hardcore, makes sense, and uh, 90s alternative metal. And the pop, power pop sensibilities of the late 1970s the band never found a consistent style as a result it is hard to place in one genre so so kind of going back to what i was saying what but the, my point of cutting those songs it's like they can exist and that can still be far side but for this doctrine this monroe doctrine <laughs> i feel like if it were more on the melodic on the melodic punk or power pop side like tracks like a slow dance and blue highway then it's just more cohesive and flow so much better i mean i guess so from like a marketing standpoint i agree yes but like that's just not everyone's biggest concern hmm. well i mean we are talking about far side now 22 years later so um i guess they won <laughs> you know but it's but not I don't about know. winning josh well i'm just i'm just like trying to think of like like, when bands are in these situations, like, years after the fact, like, why are some remembered and some not? Because some are good and some are bad. But you would say that this is a good band, and I don't feel like they're remembered in the same sense as, like, even, I keep mentioning, like, Dag Nasty. Oh my gosh, get over Dag Nasty. But, like, what is another example of a band, like, okay, bands like Seaweed. Like, I feel like Seaweed is a band that's kind of often forgotten. I forgot them. But do you ever, I mean, going back to what I was saying, do you just ever see anyone wearing a far side shirt? I never see people wearing shirts, actually. <laughs> I am a part of a nudist colony. <laughs> I don't know what shirts are. You're just messing with me now. I mean, I never see people wearing Dag Nasty shirts either, since you love to bring them up fair maybe it's just because i own a dag nasty shirt and i don't own a far side shirt so so i don't know 
Well, what I'm saying is uh, we will give you free Patreon uh, privileges. If, if you send us a Farside shirt? Yeah. I want a Farside shirt. Yeah. Or if Revelation Records listen to this, please send us uh, free Farside stuff. Give it to Sarah because obviously she... Because Josh is a fan. fake fan. I'm a fake fan. Um, I don't know. It's just like I was trying to think of ways that like... Because, I mean, it's a 50-minute record. That's what I've mentioned. Like, it's just too long for this style of music. Do you not feel... like? How did you feel revisiting this? I loved it. But the thing is, it's not like revisiting this. I listen to this record all the time. So you never once, like, when you're listening to this, you're like, man, this is a little too long. Do you listen to the whole record start to finish? Uh, No, probably not. I, like, skip some songs. Exactly. No, but that's the, that's not that I don't want them to be there. You're kind of proving my point. No, that's not the point. That's not the point. Well, do you tend to listen to records start to finish often? Uh, sometimes. But that's not like a... Well, usually when I, I feel like when I start a record, I need to finish it. Most of what I listen to is mixes. Oh, okay. So, and this would work better on a mix. Like if you got little snippets of different Farside songs, I'm cool with whatever kind of vibe. Oh, you're cool with it? Yeah. Like You'll allow it? In the sense of a it's okay start to you. finish album, it just doesn't hit the way I would want it to. But I think that they have really great songs on this album. That's what I think. Let's so, what songs really... would you want to cut here? Let's get well, let's get specific. It's and don't you say El Bobo. Well, that's El Bobo staying. Track eight. What week? Okay. Then I'm gonna cut the other ones. And I'm gonna leave El Bobo. Okay, thank you. Because it's like almost exactly in the middle, and it's even more so, I guess, if you cut it. Well, not really. Um, but okay, so we're keeping uh, El Bobo. <laughs> But we're going to cut Liz Hurley, the next track. And then we're going to keep uh, the Fashionable Rebellion, track 10. We're going to cut Teach Me How to Die, which is track 11. We're also going to cut track 12, Save It for the Children. We're going to track cut track 13, Bled. And that's all. So basically we're going to almost like cut out most of the middle of this record. because, And it, it is. I think it is sequenced well for what it, it's trying to be at that point because... I think it feels like they knew that these were different kind of things, and so it kind of picks up a different pace. It is sequenced in a sense like it would be a live show, I feel like. So that is to its credit. And so the sequencing is good. The sequencing is good. But it's it just kind of like puts too much in the middle that I don't want for this record. And also, being that I just said seven songs... That's a really strong EP of like the heavier songs. And I think that what kind of happens when bands get further away from being hardcore. You did not say seven songs. I, it's okay. So you said four songs. That's well four. Okay. So it's, it would be f four songs. A four song EP <laughs> on a seven? Great. And those are like the heavier songs, so that would even be better for It like wasn't a, that easy back then, Josh. You couldn't just be like, oh, we'll just put these up for like a digital EP. Well, they also were pressing a lot of records. Maybe not in 1999. That might be something worth noting. So, huh. Well, if this was a few years earlier, then this probably would have been a good contender for... I wonder, did this come out on vinyl originally? In 1999, was stuff coming out on vinyl? Uh... <laughs> I know you won't really know the answer to that. But... No... Uh, it it might have because it came out of Revelation, but I'd be interested to know like what. I would assume this was not a strong vinyl period. 
I don't know. In 1999, you know. Uh, but there are probably original pressings of it. Uh, of course, I feel like because of course. well because of Revelation being involved. If this was like any other label, I'd say this did not come out on vinyl at this time. But I feel like I've listened to like where it went podcasts kind of mentions um, like things coming. The the Revelation people talk about how they were still putting things out on vinyl around this time frame. Sure, sure, sure. So this did come out on vinyl. Oh, okay. In ninety nine. So, given that fact, well, that might kind of prove your point that potentially then in that case, you wouldn't really split things out to be like seven inches because this wasn't really like a big time for vinyl. So, it's kind of like peak CD era. So, peak but, CD. but, so, okay, so you, you love this record. I love this record. And I am tepid on it. Okay, good word, but bad decision. <laughs> uh, but I really do want to... It, it did... Okay. Listening to this album made me want to dig in more with earlier Farside. And do you feel that I should? Like, yeah. what, what's your What's your thought on the earlier periods of Farside? I mean, this is like the Farside album for me. Like, that's... That's just... That's like a no-brainer. Um, but like, I definitely think that the rest of it is like worth listening to for sure. Um, I think you'll like it better, honestly, Hmm. knowing you. Well, we'll see. We'll see. (laughs) 